So good morning everybody. It's good to see so many people in the house of God. Let's pray. Glorious and mighty Father, we do thank you. Because it's by your truth that we are set free. It's by your truth, Lord, that we can know you. That we can be saved by you. And Lord, that we can be sanctified by you. So I'm praying now that the ears of your people will be open. That their hearts will be tender to receive the truth of God and that they will see you through the words that are spoken today. So Lord, have your way in Jesus' precious and mighty name. Amen. So today's message is called God's Truth. And the key scripture, if you want to take anything away from today, is Psalm 25 verse 5, which states, Lead me by your truth and teach me. For you are the God who saves me. All day long I put my hope in you. So church, I'm going to say three lines and I just want someone to shout out where you think this film, these lines, what film it came from. I'm going to try my best to put on an American accent. Please forgive me. Yeah. So, You want answers? Another person says, I want the truth. And the last one is, you can't handle the truth. What film was that from? A few good men. men. Yes. Please forgive me, Tom Cruise and Jack Nicholson, for my impersonations. So every film tries to have a memorable line or dialogue. So Tom Cruise and Jack Nicholson are posed to give those lines because Oscars and Emmys are at stake here. But one man's truth is not another's. However, there is one man in history whose truth is applicable to every person in every age. John 18, verse 37 and 38 states, Pilate said, so you are a king. Jesus responded, you say I am a king. Actually, I was born and came into the world to testify to the truth. All who love the truth recognize that what I say is true. What is truth? Pilate asked. If you look at the Gospels, Jesus faced six unlawful trials in a day's span regarding this very question. Three religious, before Ananus, the former high priest, Caiaphas and the Sanhedrin, who was the high priest at the time, and Herod, who was the Jewish puppet king. And also free Roman, all before Roman, all before Pontius Pilate, the Roman governor at the time. Truth was put on trial in each of them, yet not one held to the truth except Jesus. This question has been asked throughout the ages, so let's explore it together. What is truth? Merriam-Webster defines it as the body of real things, events and facts. And a sincerity in action, character and utterance. While Strong's Bible Dictionary has many definitions of it. In the Old Testament it's, it denotes certainty, stability, firm, permanent, established, truth, rightness and trustworthiness. But in the New Testament it stands for authenticity, reality, sincerity, accuracy integrity, truthfulness, dependability, and a very old word, propriety, which in my English means decency. 
The word truth in Hebrew meant firmness, constancy and duration. But the Greek refers to it as divine revelation and what cannot be hidden. Let me show you what truth is not. And this is very summary points. Truth is not simply whatever works or what makes people feel good. It's not how we know. Truth is what we know. It's not simply what is believed. A lie believed is still a lie. And it's not what is publicly proved. And church, if you look at the world today, even in our own nation, just because it's proved publicly don't mean it's true. All truth is not relevant, nor are all claims of equal truth. When scripture talks of truth, it refers to a completeness of moral integrity that influences how we think and behave. So what is God's truth? Psalm 119 verse 160. The very essence of your words is truth. All your just regulations will stand forever. The Bible is God's truth. God's word is pure, complete truth. Whatever God speaks and everything he says is true. God always does what is right and just. He's always faithful to his promises. And Jesus also confirmed the absolute truth of scripture. It does not contradict itself. For those of us who like numbers, the Bible is 66 books. 39 Old Testament, 27 New Testament. And they're based on historical, political, social and geographical details which can be verified from different non-religious sources of the times. In fact, I think this Bible, our Bible, is probably the most challenged, most read and most verified book in history. It is written over 1,500 years by over 40 writers from different cultures and backgrounds. But remember, God is the overall author. Many people turn to self-help books to better themselves. The Bible is no self-help book, but it will point you, to, if you let it, to the truth and power of the one who can help you like no other. Not by self-reliance, but by faith through grace, by the will of God, by his great love and mercies for us. It is God's story, inspired and fulfilled by him, and by his direction written by human hands. He orchestrated the situations and the people who are depicted in his book, so he will be revealed through them. What he has done, is doing, and ultimately what he will do is shown in this book. The Bible is historically accurate and has influenced the course of human history and contains hundreds of prophecies fulfilled hundreds of years after they were being spoken, especially by one man, Jesus. Jesus. I'm glad the pastor knows the answer. (laughs) Church, we should know the answer as well, shouldn't we? It continues to change billions of lives even to this day, and its words are life-giving and life-changing truth that we can all learn from and live by. The Bible tells the truth of every subject in it. Every word seen in it is deemed important by God for us to know. There is no white lies in it. He tells it completely as it is. Although the Bible has a human divine aspect to it, the truth it reveals about God and his creation is God's own. God's words are the ultimate standard of truth. 
we cannot understand, sorry, we cannot and should not add or take away any of his words, but strive to understand them better and trust and obey them totally. We can and must take God on his word. A quote from Wayne Gruden's Systematic Theology. He is the true God and that all his knowledge and words are both true and the final standard of truth. A key belief for all believers is that Jesus is the Son of God. This section here, I'm going to summarize the gospel as best I can. He is fully human and fully God, the creator and sustainer of all things, and the ultimate revelation of God. Almighty God took on flesh to walk among us as a man and gave his life for our salvation and redemption on the cross. But death could not hold him, and he now reigns in heaven at the right hand of the Father. And everyone who wants to know the Father must come through the Son, who is the source of eternal life for those who believe in him as Saviour and Lord. Amen. John 8, verses 31 to 32. Jesus said to the people who believed in him, You are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Jesus himself is the truth that sets you free. He is the source of truth and the perfect standard for what is right. Only believing this can we receive his truth and be saved by him. As we seek God for his perfect truth, he frees us to be the person God destines us to be. The Bible shows that although Jesus being the only way seems to be very narrow to God, let's focus on the fact that God made a perfect way through Jesus. It's not narrow-minded, arrogant or exclusive when everyone has the choice whether to take the correct path or not. God's truth is available to everyone. Let me give you a scenario. We've got so many quiz shows, so many Instagram things and all of these things. But if there's a competition, and this competition says there's five, um, five options that you've got, but only one leads to being a multimillionaire, you want to take the correct one, don't you? Do you dispute that? No, only one path leads to the, being a multimillionaire. If you take the wrong one, you don't become the multimillionaire. We accept that fact. But when we preach to someone, Jesus is the only way, they say, what? He's the only way to God? No, I can't accept that. Why? What's different between those two scenarios? There's no difference. You either take the choice or you don't. End of. Down to you. John 14, verse 6. Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. He is the way because he is the path to the Father. He is the truth because he is the reality and the fulfillment of all God's promises. And he is the life because he shares his divine and holy life with us forever. That's why he is the only way. He is the son, the almighty God. He's made the way for us. We didn't have to do it, church. He did it for us. We just have to make the choice to walk with him in it. Jesus, more than anyone else who has ever lived and will ever live, is the most misunderstood, misquoted and misrepresented person. But for those who believe in him, he is the only truth and he will bring clarity to who God is.
Why can we trust God's truth? Isaiah 45 verse 19. I, the Lord, speak only what is true and declare only what is right. We see by God's words that he never lies and what he says will happen comes to pass. Words spoken hundreds of years ago still holding truth and relevance for us today. They hold eternal and authoritative truth for all and can be trusted. You can, secure, you can securely place your faith and hope in him. Matthew 24 verse 35. Heaven and earth will disappear but my words will never disappear. If we believe God knows all things, created all things and is the author of all true knowledge, then we can have, a, can have assurance in his truth. Can we not church? Let me give you a different example then. When you buy something, you're hoping that it's going to work, right? You're hoping that the manufacturer has followed certain standards to ensure that it works. Yeah? Right. The same as me coming up here with the equipment. PA guys will probably relate to this more than anyone else. I'm expecting this to work. If not, you wouldn't be able to hear me as you can hear me now. If it wasn't working, I would shout and you would still hear me. I'm sure if I turned this off, you would still hear me. Yeah? But I'm relying on technology that's working. Why am I relying, why am I relying on it? Because I trust it's going to work. Same with God. He's made you a particular way. If he's the author and he's made all of this, including you who are sitting on that seat right now, don't you think he knows what's best for you? He does. But we always seem to think we know better. His truth will help us transfer, transfer our loyalties and belief from the world to Christ. Salvation begins and ends with God through grace by faith in Jesus Christ alone. And the truth of the gospel is unchangeable. Hebrews 6 verse 18. So God has given both his promise and his oath. These two things are unchangeable because it is impossible for God to lie. Therefore, we who have fled to him for refuge can have great confidence as we hold to the hope that lies before us. Now, this is a great promise in Hebrews. And it's talking about the promise that God gave to Abraham right at the beginning in Genesis. Because he promised to, God, to, uh, to Abraham, I would make him the father of many nations. But he also had to give an oath. He made an oath. And there's no higher oath that he could make but in himself. So God also makes the promise and keeps the oath. But what's essential here for all believers is that we are living in the fulfillment of that promise. Because he is the father of every person who stands and believes in faith in God that they are saved. Abraham believed that he would be the father of many nations. He was an old man, 100 plus. His wife had passed childbearing age. But in faith, he believed that God could do all things. Gave him a son, the son of promise, Isaac. Jesus comes through that line and is born of that line. We are part of that line, church. We are the children of God. We are just as much a son of Abraham as a person who was born through Jewish heritage. Even more so as we believe in Jesus. We hold on to that promise and the oath God made. His truth can be put to the test and our lives will bring opportunities to apply God's truth. 
It's not enough to know his truth. We must live it. It will cultivate sound judgment and guide us to make better choices in life through discernment by the Holy Spirit. God's truth can bring discipline and correction into our lives. It convicts our hearts to take action motivated by God's grace and love for us to be better and remove barriers to our relationship with him. But be wary of those who will twist God's truth to something it was never meant to be. Twisted truth, intentional or not, will divert you from the real truth. It can hinder you seeing, receiving and understanding God's truth. Let me ask you this question, church. What was the first truth spoken to man? And pastors don't answer this one, I want the church to answer this one. What was the first truth spoken to man? Think back, Genesis. What's the first truth? Amen, sister. Yes. God's command not to eat of the fruit of the tree of knowledge. If not, you will die. And die we did. The death of a perfect relationship with God leading to our mortal death. The enemy is always attacking the truth of God. Do not be deceived by his words or temptations. The enemy keeps trying to redefine what is right. Can we agree on that? Only God's truth can help us determine what is right from wrong. People tend to believe in things that reinforce their own personal beliefs, regardless if they are true or not. Again, we can all fall into that trap. So we have to be careful of the input that forms our beliefs. The Bible is the only standard of truth to a believer. Measure everything in its correct context with this. Now I say correct context because I want you to remember the Old Testament law, parts of it are not applicable to us now, church. Yeah? The Ten Commandments, the moral code, that is still applicable. Please stand by that. Jesus even reinforces it. If you look through the gospel, he reinforces each commandment to a different level. So the Ten Commandments says, do not commit adultery. Jesus said, if you look at your woman, another woman with lustful eyes, you've committed adultery in your heart. Look at them, they are great parallels. What I'm saying is we don't hold to the kosher laws. We can eat pork, church. And men... We don't have to cross our legs. We don't have to all be circumcised to be part of the church. That's, amen. That's what I'm talking about. Keep it in the correct context. Some of the Old Testament is not applicable now. Amen. His truth can make you feel uncomfortable. But do not be tempted to believe on truth rather than God's truth. It is better to live in the truth than to live in a lie. Denying the truth does not make it any less true. Some of God's truth is hard to understand, receive and hear. But don't be tempted to dilute or change it to make it more acceptable for our audience. They have to hear some truths. God's truth should not be denied. It is divine, eternal and unchangeable. It can be ignored and it can be refused. But it always stands the test of time. Many have tried to refute it and failed, or even been transformed by it. It brings hope, life, peace, and ultimately, when God opens our hearts to its treasures, salvation and revelation of our loving, faithful, and merciful God. How can we know and apply God's truth? John 17, verses 16 to 19, which is part of Jesus' parting prayer for all believers. 
They do not belong to this world any more than I do. Make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. Just as you sent me into the world, I am sending them into the world. And I give myself as a holy sacrifice for them, so they can be made holy by your truth. God's truth can only be revealed by God himself. Our understanding of who God is will be twisted by our imperfections and our biases. Only by knowing God through Jesus will we see the one true God and his ways. This allows us to deepen our relationship and fellowship with him. His truth helps us to see some things from his perspective. I have to say some on that statement. You cannot see all of God's ways through the Bible, church. Let me make that statement right now. Some of God's ways we cannot comprehend. Some of why he does things the way he does things, you can't get your head around it. Don't even try to. And I'm not going to say to you the Bible's going to give you all the answers. All I will stress to you is the Bible clearly shows you the key points that you need to know about God. And that's what you've got to trust in. It allows us to see his character, his ways, and what he loves and what he hates. We need to absorb the truth of God internally like food and hunger to know more. It's not enough to read or hear his truth, but we must trust and obey it. Through this, God continues his sanctification within us. An increasing knowledge of scripture brings a deeper understanding of the one spoken of through them and an increasing assurance in his truth. Jesus used parables to teach the people God's truth. Every parable had a point and needed to be explored to receive the truth they held. Did you see what the disciples used to do all the time with the the parables? Jesus would say the parable, and they wouldn't challenge him just yet, but they'd wait till he had time to talk to them, and they said, what did that parable mean, Jesus? Because they knew that there was more to it. Now the Pharisees, a number of times, picked up exactly what Jesus was saying, because they knew the scriptures. We have to be the same church. You want something deeper, dig deeper. Yeah? Amen. Psalm 119, verses 14 to 16. I have rejoiced in the laws of as much as in riches. I will study your commandments and reflect on your ways. I will delight in your decrees and not forget your word. I'm going to use an analogy of mining for gold. Do we know? I don't know if you used to watch westerns back in the day. And the prospectors used to go out looking for gold. Have we all got a reference point? The younger ones may not have this, but I will try and explain it to you. So back in the day when Jesse James used to be around, another name you may not know, but let me explain it. The cowboys used to go up in the far off hills, as they used to call them, seeking gold. Because that's where the gold was. It was up in the hills somewhere where no one else wanted to be. Derelict. By yourself. And if they had money, they'd have a wagon to take them up. And if they didn't have money, they took a donkey. Because the donkey had to take all the pack load. All the stuff that they needed to do the mining with. And some of them would have to go by a stream and get a a little plate and sift to find nuggets of gold. Some had to go mining, go underground and deep underground to find the gold. Have we got a context? Everyone got a context? Good. Let's go. 
my analogy of mining for gold compared to how we should seek God's truth. We need to be in the right place. Yeah? Yeah. We need to be in the right place. Those who went to mine for gold did not go in the street and dig a hole. They had to go in the hills or underground to find the gold. You are the same church. You need to be where? Church. I'll give you the answer up here. Church. <laughs> Key. You need to be in a church. You also need fellowship. Sunday church is good. Fellowship is better. You need constant fellowship throughout the week. The next bit. We need the right tools. There's no point taking yourself all the way up the hill, all the way on the ground. You've got no shovel. What are you going to carry the gold back in? Have you got a donkey to carry the load? If you don't have the right tools, you're going to fail. Church, in our generation, we've got no excuse. What's the first one? Bibles. Bibles. Key. I'm talking about God's truth today. If you haven't got it, the Bible is God's truth. You need the Bible. We need commentaries. Those of us who study, we rely so heavily on commentaries. Because we want to understand the scriptures. And there's some great people like Luther. Great modern day people. I'm not going to mention any names. But great modern day people are writing great commentaries. Even in your Bible apps you can get commentaries. We don't have an excuse about exploring the word more. And preachers. There are some great preachers out there. Be careful who you listen to. Make sure it's sound. But there are great preachers out there. Make sure you... You listen to some great preachers. We need the right attitude. Yeah? Yeah. This society is very the whatever attitude. That you can't do that with Christianity, church. No, you can't do that with Christianity. What we need is a spirit-fueled attitude. I say spirit-fueled because there are sometimes we don't want to do what God is telling us to do. But the spirit will give you the strength to do it in. You've got to have humble submission to God. That's key, church. If you're not humble to God, it's not, it's not the gospel. You need to be humble. And the last one. We need persistence and we don't give up. Again, that analogy with the, um, the prospector. They could have been up there, some were up there for months, some for years. But they had their mindset saying, I'm going to find the gold. So they stuck it out. We're the same with Jesus. We need to keep going. We need to be diligent. We need to be patient. And all of the above. Amen? Amen. Hopefully someone's got something from that. There's always something new to learn, discover and apply. But remember to only apply that which is of God and not man. 1 John 2 verse 27. But you have received the Holy Spirit and he lives within you. So you don't need anyone to teach you what is true. For the Spirit teaches you everything you need to know. And what he teaches is true. It is not a lie. So just as he has taught you, remain in fellowship with Christ. The Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth, reveals to us God's truth. Just as he also inspired the Bible writers. He teaches and leads us to apply them. He speaks to the heads and more importantly the hearts of people. A quote from A.W. Tozer. 
I don't want the world to define God for me. I want the Holy Spirit to reveal God to me. 1 Corinthians 2 verses 13 to 14. When we tell you these things, we do not use words that come from human wisdom. Instead, we speak words given to us by the Spirit, using the Spirit's words to explain spiritual truths. But people who aren't spiritual can't receive these truths from God's Spirit. It all sounds foolish to them, and they can't understand it. But only those who are spiritual can understand what the Spirit means. We need to know that not everyone can understand, comprehend, or even see God's truth. It only, it's only through the great revelation of his truth, through the Holy Spirit, by the word of God, through the life of Jesus, that we can begin to understand, know, and take hold of God's truth. Sin, disbelief, and disobedience will distort our revelation of God's truth. The Holy Spirit will begin to remove this distortion as he works in you. To disbelieve or disobey God's truth is to disbelieve or disobey God. Two states we may encounter regarding God's truth. We will either fail to recognise the truth or we'll recognise the truth but fail to heed it. Yeah? Those are the two states. This is the non-believer. They fail to recognise the truth. A bit like the the power of the three soils. The seed is sown, but they don't receive it. This one is the more dangerous one. You recognise the truth, but you fail to heed it. Now a believer can fall into that one. So we've got to be careful. You've got to guard the truth of God. This is the example. It is one thing to be close to the truth, but another to be committed to it. Judas Iscariot was close to the truth, Jesus, for years but he was never committed to him. Psalm 119 verse 18. Open my eyes to see the wonder of truth in your instructions. To apply God's truth, we must acknowledge God in all of our ways. We must turn over every area of our lives to him and make him a vital part of everything that we do. 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 2. You have heard me teach things that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses. Now teach these truths to other trustworthy people who will be able to pass them on to others. How we handle God's truth greatly impacts how we apply it to our lives. If we have that whatever attitude I was talking about earlier, then we're going to apply it casually. I warn you, church, please do not take for granted God's truth or its application. Knowing and applying God's truth is pleasing to God. When God's truth is adhered to, it not only saves lives, it saves souls. It sets us apart from the lies and the deceit this world will try to bind us in. A quote from the ESV Study Bible. Loving God means loving truth. God is a God of truth and he is truth. Paul gives us some advice on how to guard God's truth through his letter to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 2. And he says, as children of God, we need to remind people of it, the truth. And we need to keep our own lives exemplary. Avoid needless petty disputes over minor details and controversies. 
and teaching Christians gently in order not to fuel opposition. Yeah? You will win someone over to the gospel by your testimony and by your lifestyle. Don't get into petty disputes. What I said earlier about the spirit reveals what's of the spirit. Then don't, some people just can't see what you're trying to say. They cannot get their heads around it. Don't knock yourself over the head trying to think, why don't they get it? It's not for you to understand why they don't get it. It's for the Holy Spirit to open their heads and their hearts to the truth of God. And remember, church, the last one, teach Christians gently not, in order not to fuel. I would hate to lose a brother or sister because I've spoken too harshly to you. When I preach, I'm not preaching to put you on the spot to make you feel condemned. I preach to you because I want you to be better. I want you to receive more of Jesus. I want you to know the Lord that I know. I want you to walk a closer walk with him. Because in walking that closer walk, you will not only save yourself, you will save others as well. So we will walk together. And some days I will need to say something to you that you're not going to like. But if it's the truth, I need to say it. But I say it in love because I love you. Amen? God's truth will cultivate a healthy reverence and honour for God. This is also known as a healthy fear of the Lord, leading to a willing obedience and desire to be led and directed by his truth. Let me just unpack that for those who may not know what I mean by the fear of the Lord. Fear of the Lord is not about being scared of God, though really you have to be in awe of him, but we're not being fearful of him. If I did something wrong in my household when I was younger... I feared my father because he was the disciplinarian. If I did something wrong, I rightfully got licks. That's in, in modern day terms, it was a punishment then. Yeah? I'm not talking about that sort of fear. The fear I'm talking about is being in reverence, understanding who you're in the presence of. Yeah? That's the fear of the Lord. His truth holds sanctifying power for all believers. God desires his children to be people of truth. The first piece of the armour of God. Pastors, again, do not answer me. Does anyone know what the first piece of the armour of God is? Amen. I've got some real Bible scripture people in here today. It's good. The first piece of the armour of God is the belt of truth. This is how important it is to God and for us. Jesus used God's truth to defeat the temptations of the devil. Psalm 145 verse 18. The Lord is close to all who call on him. Yes, to all who call on him in truth. God draws near to those who hold to his truths. He is pleased when his children exhibit his truth. And he calls his children to worship in John 4 verse 24. To love others in 1 John 3 18. And speak his truth in Ephesians 4.15. In conclusion, God's truth reveals who God is and many of his ways. What we need to capture is he's creator God. Who we are and what we are like. We are a creation church. A very chosen, blessed creation. But we're still a creation. We're not the creator 
we are a creation. How the world is and why. The Bible and God's truth will show his purposes and ours, our choices and his. And then finally, the God's truth will reveal the only way to salvation and eternal life through Jesus. Is God's, stirring, is God's truth stirring you, challenging you or inspiring you? Let us continue to let the Holy Spirit guide us to reveal more of his truth and to help us apply and show his truth to others. Amen. Let's pray. Gracious, merciful and mighty Father, I do thank you for your truths. Each and every truth that you show, not just in the Bible, but the truth that I can see that the Holy Spirit reveals to us. Lord, there's not one day that I cannot go through without relying on your truth. The truth that brings hope. The truth that brings peace. Lord, even your truth brings joy. Sometimes we read your word and we have to smile. Because we can see the love that God is trying to show to us. But Lord, we pray, especially in this day and age, where truth is not held to the standard that it used to be held at, Lord. Where things can be said and done, and it's not even proven truth. But Lord, you are proven. Your words are proven, as we've said heard today. You have testified to what you will do, and you've done them. And there are many things that are yet to be done. And we know by your grace and mercy, your truth will come to pass. Why? Because we've seen you again and again and again throughout history showing your truth is the truth, the only truth, the truth, the way and the life. So Lord, if there are hearts in here today who have yet to have that truth seen, receive that truth, to know that truth, Lord, I pray, let them receive your truth. May they seek you, Lord Jesus. Just as we were talking about earlier, treasures the greatest treasure, as the parable said, once a person found that great treasure, they sold everything, gave up everything for that one thing. Lord, let that one thing be you today. Let them hold you in your heart. May your everlasting arms be around them to show your truth in them. And for us who have been believers for many years, Lord, we have only begun to scratch the surface of the truth that is held within the word of God. Lord, help us be diligent servants. Help us be diligent believers, wanting to know more and praying for more to be given to us through the truth. Open our eyes, open our hearts, open our hands to the will of God in all these things. In Jesus' precious and mighty name. Amen. Amen. Amen.